Hello, it's Caroline. I'm just here to tell you that this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded during a time when I still used Patreon. I do not use Patreon anymore, but you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck a Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. (sighs) Welcome to a bonus episode of the Fuck It Diet Radio. My name is Caroline Dooner, and basically, the world is upside down. And if there was ever a time to have bonus episodes and to up the frequency of my podcast episodes, it is now. So for the time being, while we're all locked inside, I am going to be doing weekly podcast episodes, and I'm just going to do it until I can't do it anymore. Um... So today I'm not even going to be talking by myself that much because I actually have two separate conversations to share with you. The first one is with Summer Inanen. She is a body image coach and we talk about some ways to take care of ourselves in quarantine, some quarantine self-care, how we are coping with this quarantine, what she's noticing coming up for her clients during this quarantine with food and body image. So that's the first conversation I'm going to share with you. And then the second one is with my little sister, Margaret. And honestly, the conversation was so much longer than I expected, and it's pretty interesting. Um, We talk about her relationship with food. Um, We talk about her broken arm, her broken arm in quarantine. She literally broke it in quarantine a couple days ago. Um, We talk about some of her, we talk about her health journey. We talk about how and why she dropped out of school and went back to school for acupuncture and lots of other things. She has a lot of secrets. She shares a lot of secrets with me and then she freaked out afterwards and was nervous for me to share the episode, but um, she has given me the go ahead. So I'm not sharing any of her secrets without her permission, but yes, lots, lots of Margaret's secrets. So stay tuned. Um, And the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read. So I'm asking people, I've been asking you guys for a while to share your success stories with me at podcast at carolineduner.com. So if you have anything that you would want to be read on the podcast to help calm down or inspire other people who are in the middle of the fuck a diet, please send your story. I will be sharing it on an upcoming episode. Um, for everyone who's already written in, I will absolutely be sharing your stories in on upcoming episodes. Um, and I also asked for people to share uh, success stories with the fuck a diet in quarantine. So you can also send those to podcast at carolineduner.com. I've gotten some great ones I will be sharing on upcoming episodes, but this is such a long episode already that I'm just going to save them for another time. So, But please keep sending them because I intend to share many and most of them, and I think that they're just great. So keep sending. I love reading them personally, and then I also love sharing them on episodes of the podcast. 
And before we get into the two conversations that I'm very excited to share, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my perspective on rest now that we're all in this forced quarantine, this forced rest. So there is a big difference between choosing to rest and choosing to remove yourself from um, cultural expectations and a, a culture of obsession with productivity and being forced to stay in your house. Those are two very different things because the way that I look at rest is that it's not just physical. It's not about like sitting around, though that can of course be part of it. It's about the physical, emotional, mental, existential, what are the things that we are exhausting ourselves with, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally? What are the beliefs that we're operating under? What what are, What is the guilt about what we should and shouldn't be doing that we are sort of letting run the show, at least subconsciously? That is what I mean by rest. And that is why my rest, my quote unquote, two years of rest, it happened four years after I went on the fuck a diet. It was not about physical rest. It was about existential rest. It was about being aware of all of the things that I stressed myself out about that exhausted me. So, you know, if say this quarantine ends in three months, I have absolutely no idea. Maybe it'll end in a month. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is when it's over, which it will be over, I think a lot of people are going to be very anxious you know, for good reason, because there are a lot of things going on, but very anxious about, okay, I just rested, you know, I just rested for three months or however long the quarantine was. I have to do things now. I have to be productive. I have to blah, blah, blah. And we're going to have this sort of like belief that we all just rested, but nobody is resting right now. People are freaking out. And for good reason, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that people freaking out is not warranted, but when people are losing their jobs, not sure how they're going to pay for things, feel trapped inside, feel petrified of a virus, have all of these very legitimate stressors, the economy is crashing, all these things, sitting at home, being forced to sit at home and worrying about a million things or feeling like we should be doing things but we're not allowed to, that's not rest. And I would like to encourage anyone who can to try and find out what rest really could be though I also understand that people are panicking for very legitimate reasons right now so I, I feel like ever since this hap started happening this forced quarantine I've I've been like this is so weird because I love rest and I want to and I talk about rest all the time but telling people to just allow this to be a time of rest is not it's not being like empathetic to the bigger picture of what's really going on. People are freaking out. But I think it's important to point out that this experience right now is very chaotic, stressful. There's so much uncertainty. I think that if it's possible to find the silver lining of enjoying a different pace of lifestyle, I would encourage that. But I understand also that that's easier said than done. I think my biggest point right now is under, start to identify the, emo, the mental and emotional and spiritual things that are happening in your life that are exhausting. 
and understand that if we spend time sitting around, not making ourselves do things, but stressing out about it, that is not rest. That is not restful. And that is exhausting physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So I, I understand that this might not be a fully formed thought, but I think I'm just trying to at least, I'm trying to begin to define what rest means to me. And I feel like I need to speak to it because I talk about rest all the time. And so I feel like I need to talk about how it ties in with this forced quarantine. But I really do think that most people, even if they think they are physically resting, they are not truly resting because there's a lot that people are freaking out about. Again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be freaking out about it. I'm just wanting to kind of define what rest means to me. Okay. Is that enough rambling on rest? Basically, I think I'm going to be talking about rest and how that ties in with the quarantine for a very long time to come. I think even in the writing of my second book, I'm going to have to address, I actually think it's kind of helpful, helpful to point out that just because you're forced to stay at home, that doesn't equal rest. So much of it is the emotional part and the mental part that's going on too. What are the things that you're, how are you putting pressure on yourself and how is that exhausting you? Does that make sense? Just think about it. Just ponder that, okay? Because that's really what I mean when I talk about rest. (sighs) Okay. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Summer Internet. How are you doing with the quarantine? What's it been like for you? Well, you know, it's not that different than how I normally live my life. So I, you know, I, I've worked from home for like eight years doing right. the work that I do and, um, I'm an introvert and, um, you know, I, I, I don't like, I don't go out that much anymore because I have a toddler and I'm tired right. and, um, and I'm an introvert. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, my, my husband's working from home now, so that's the one difference. And he, he, the funniest thing he said to me was yesterday. He said, "Summer, like, h- how do you how do you live like this?" He's like, I- I- "I'm realizing now." He's like, "How do you live like this? Like, you you just kind of stay in this like four block radius, and like you're okay with that?" And I was like, "You're making me sound really sad, but yes, no. <laughs> I think because I have so much interaction with people online that." I don't feel like I'm missing out on connection. And I think exactly. I, I find it exactly. And, you know, aside from vacillating between like panic and anxiety and, um, and feeling like, okay, I think we can make it through this. My life is pretty much kind of the same as, as it's I always know. been. Right I know. I, yeah, I feel this. I feel the same way. The biggest change for me is that I usually go to a cafe in the morning during the week. Mm -hmm. And that's like how I differentiate from my week and my weekend. Yes, I go to a cafe and I work. I work there for like two to three hours in the morning. It helps me focus. It gets me away from my dog who is very needy. Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't have to make myself breakfast or coffee. So I like can actually get work. It's like this, you know, I mean, it's totally a luxury now that I don't have it, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but even just not having that anymore has really kind of thrown me. It's 
pretty bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I can only imagine that as this goes on, it will have an even greater impact on our mental health and those feelings, like the real kind of missing, like the outside world and the the conveniences that we had before. And I mean, yes. hopefully that one little silver lining as we come out of this really appreciating all these little things that we had before and are able so to too. you know be a little nicer to each other Ugh. I know I know I, I I'm always trying just trying to look for the silver linings because it is I think the fear of the unknown the ripple effects that this is going to have for everybody that it's already having how long is this going to go on for what's going to happen those are the scary things you know obviously the virus is very scary, but it goes beyond that. Like it's, it's affecting everyone, whether they get the virus or not. So it's definitely uh, freaky. A hundred percent. Yeah. And around the whole world too, you, you've never, there's never been anything like this that it's where it's so everybody <laughs> experiencing it, the same thing at the same time. I know. And so I guess that could be a way that we could all sort of like come together and <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> I know. So how are you noticing this affect your clients and the people that you work with and the people who follow you? What are the things that you notice coming up for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I, I think a few things like the, you know, one of the things is, is just feeling like they should be doing different things with their time now that they're at home like so they're shitting on themselves all day and then you know concurrently feeling judgmental or feeling guilty um and that can be in, in the sense of like they feel like they should be eating differently they feel like they should be you know finding a home workout and so then they're feeling guilt about not doing those things or for the people who have kids like they feel like they should be creating these like lesson plans for them right. and basically like crew turning their house into like a fucking Montessori school <laughs> and um and then you know fe- like beating themselves up for for doing that and judging themselves as being like lazy or unmotivated and 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 all that then you know kind of goes against their body like then they start to judge judge their body um and so I'm noticing that as one thing another thing is um you know not having the distraction of everyday life can bring up a lot of our negative thoughts and feelings that we distract ourselves from by being busy and being productive and, um, and having like things that are actually healthy coping mechanisms like connection and, um, you know, all these other things that actually are good for our mental health and not having that, I think can, um, is, is making people, think more negatively about themselves, about the world. And so just having kind of like these emotions that um, are feeling more intense than normal, obviously then compounded by the fear and uncertainty yeah, that's going on. And, um, and just, you know, like more anxiety and uncertainty. So then therefore kind of looking for something to control. And so then using like the fixation on the body or fixation on food as like a coping mechanism and that being kind of flared up again. So um, that's how I see it playing out with, with most of the people that I work with. And, and so, you know, it's, it's actually had more of a, a negative effect, which I'm not surprised by at all. I know. I know. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, if I think back, if I think back to what I would have been doing during this quarantine or what I would have been thinking and worrying about 
before I healed my relationship to food and exercise and weight, I would have absolutely been extremely panicked to lose my exercise routine, to not feel like I was going to have access or as easy access to the foods that fit my plan, whatever plan I was on. Yes. Um, I would absolutely be panicked. And it also makes sense that if someone is somewhere along the journey of healing their relationship with food, or even feels like they've come a really long way that it's bringing up old coping mechanisms. It makes perfect sense. Like Mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, so if anyone is experiencing that, I think the most important thing is to just be aware of it. Just be a little bit fascinated by how, um, first of all, just scarcity in general, like the, the food scarcity. I feel like, especially last week here, um, it was really the time when people were freaking out about the gro- the empty grocery shelves. Like it was really triggering people in a very basic food way. Like, oh my God, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna starve. Like people mm-hmm. were going there and like, oh my God, they're empty now and they're gonna stay empty forever. And just this like panic. Um, but even just like you said, having this uncertainty or having this like every everything that made up someone's routine and their life and the way that they would like focus their energy ripped from them essentially is leaving us with, oh my God, like, who am I and what am I doing? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's totally normal to feel that way. And, you know, diet culture and fat phobia don't die during a pandemic. And so, um, like having that stuff influence you. And, and I think there's also like, you know, there's, there, there's talk of, of, there's also concern about health. I think too, like if I think back to way, the way I would have been, um, like I would have been in like immersing myself in, in things from like a health perspective that was yes. obviously very diet culture focused, yes. um, and kind of spinning it that way within myself. And so I think like this hyper fixation on trying to, you know, be superhuman so that you can have immunity to fight this or get through this is also oh, yeah. going to trigger people's insecurities with, with food and fixation on food. And, um, yeah, I'm, I really, if I think about the way that I was, you know, like 10 so or so years ago when I was like exercise obsessed and, you know, like eating such a strict diet, I would be freaking out right now. Like you've just taken away, it's like, you've taken the alcohol away from an alcoholic. Like it's yeah. like, and I think that that's really, which might also happen, unfortunately, because of oh liquor stores God, closing I here. Know, I know, I um, know. Because they don't sell liquor in grocery stores in Canada. Um, and they don't in in, in uh, Pennsylvania either. Oh, so. okay. So anyways, that's, I mean, that's a conversation for a different audience but, <laughs> or a different day. But um, like, uh, you know, I, it's it's taking that away. And I think it's like, it's totally normal to feel really freaked out and anxious about it. And I think the, you know, the best thing you can do is kind of like really reach out for support, look for support, like, and, and be aware of how these external circumstances, as you said, like, just be curious with how these external circumstances are really influencing you. And that it's not actually about your body or anything else. It's about like what's happening in the world and our culture and those influences really coming together and causing you to fixate on these things. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about how you think you would have been back, you know, back in your kind of exercise diet heyday, 
I just realized that I, depending on the diet that I was on, there were definitely some specifically the paleo diet. And then even, you know, more extreme than that was when I was a raw vegan on the diets. I know it was a time Um, on those diets. I would have been sure. (laughs) And I was sure at those times that I was safe. If I could stick to the diet, it was like this super culty mentality. It was very like very dogmatic, very, there was a lot of magical thinking involved, but the promise was if you eat this way, you will, you will be safer and healthier than everybody else. And all the other people who don't really know what they're doing, you know what you're doing now. You found this perfect diet and it is the way that all humans are supposed to eat and it's going to protect you. Yes. eat this way, their immune system is perfect. They don't get illnesses. They don't get colds. They don't get flus. I lived like that. I was like, I am healing and things would come up or things would go wrong. And I'd be like, this is just part of the detox. Like it was my worldview mm-hmm. and it was such a... It was really, really, I mean, really, I'm, I compare it to cult mentality. It really, really was because I was so sure that I'd found the way. Um, and so uh, again, if anybody who's listening to this or who's out there and has that mentality about the way that they eat right now and is facing this, I can totally see where like you're, you know, everything is crumbling. The thing that kept you safe is less accessible to you. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I really, I, I really understand kind of like the panic that mm-hmm. people are experiencing all, all across the spectrum, you know, from currently dieting to mostly healed. It's just, yeah, it's bringing it all up. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And, and, and like, it, it seems like it's the only thing that you might be able to control, like is like what you eat, even though maybe you can't because things aren't available, but um, you know, depending on what you have access to, if you still kind of can get access to stuff, like it does feel like you can still control it. And so when everything is out of control, which it is right now, like everything is so uncertain and out of our control. Um, We're looking for ways to, find some sense of security and um, turning that in terms of like either trying to control our health, trying to control our weight, which those two are really just kind of like one and the same when we're talking about it in the sense of diet culture Um, and therefore controlling our food like that, that's going to be popping up for sure. Like it's totally normal to be looking to that as a coping mechanism to deal with all of this uncertainty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's nuts. It really is. And it's funny because I'm even, you know, I, I am looking for, I am looking for structure in this time, even though, as we said, (laughs) my life has not changed that much, really, truly. Yeah. Um, I'm still, it's almost like the scarcity mentality with like, is there going to be a lockdown? Am I not going to be able to leave my apartment for somebody who loves not having to do anything and loves staying home. I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm not allowed to do anything. Mm-hmm. I might not be allowed to go anywhere. I am taking so many walks with my dog, social distancing, six feet away from everybody. I'm trying to stay away from people, but 
I'm like, I'm clinging to some sense of, of normalcy or structure or like, I, I see it. I see it affecting me. Mm -hmm. I really do. I think, I think that's a good way to deal with it though. Like to, to try and cope is to have, is to give, is to give yourself some sense of, of structure and, and routine. And, and obviously if that feels like a should, then don't do it. But, um, you know, to, to, to control what you can control. Right. And I think we have to just get really creative with our self-care. Um, if we are the type of people that have relied on like a lot of external things or things outside your house for self-care. Um, and I think it's an opportunity to kind of really look at like, how am I tending to my mental health and my mental well-being, And what are some things that I can do that are actually in my control? And how can I get creative with, um, with giving myself the things that I need to feel supported and alive that I maybe don't have access to? So I'm thinking of like extroverts who really need connection and people, you know, because there are creative solutions around it. Thank you, technology. <laughs> and I know it's not 100% the same, but, um, you know, there's, it, it's, it's actually going to be an opportunity for us to find ways to, to live our lives a little differently. And, but we have to be intentional about finding those things and figuring out what we can actually do that's going to be positive for our mental well-being. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for the extroverts for the first time ever. <laughs> I know, I know, I really, I really do. I mean, because I'm an introvert, and even Me I'm too. like, this is a little too much. Like, exactly, exactly. I'm calling people left and right. Like, what's going on with me? I'm not afraid of this, the phone all of a sudden. Um, are there certain things that you? I know you're an introvert, but are there some things that you have found yourself doing? differently as far as self-care that has been helpful for you? I think um, uh, like a, a few things that I don't know if it's necessarily different, but like I'm, I'm finding the things that are really kind of like helping me mentally are um, reaching out to friends, like even just having like a group chat going where we're yeah. just joking around about shit, like because everyone's home with their kids and like the chaos that is ensuing from that. Um, is we can kind of laugh about it together um having like facetime dates or skype dates like with friends like actually you know really reaching out to people um listening to music has been really therapeutic for me i think that it helps to really turn down the chatter in my head like the kind of like what if scenarios and all that stuff it replaces yeah. that voice with something that's like very soothing and positive for me. So that's been something I've been relying on, I think more, or at least noticing how beneficial that is to me during this time. Um, and then watching really frivolous television shows yes. and, and setting My personal fave <laughs> and setting like very firm boundaries around the news, which I, I'm still, I am definitely not yeah. perfect about, but I, I really learned my lesson this week. Cause I, I can't remember when it was Monday or Tuesday that I watched the news right before bed and I could not sleep. And then also like reading really frivolous fiction too. So, or not even, I mean, I'm reading Jessica Simpson's memoir right now. So oh my God, I love <laughs> summer. I loved it. I listened to it on audiobook. I think it's so good. I'm really into it because I, 
you know, I, 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 I mean, she talks about her struggle with her body and like what she had to do and, 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 and the pressure and all that stuff. And, yeah. um, I can totally relate. Cause I was, you know, like in a really impressionable time. I think it was in my early twenties when she was sort of like having her heyday, but yep. And I was in, I was in high school and she was like, I mean, I even mentioned her in my book about how we have a very similar body, like really big boobs. And when we gain weight, it's like face, arms, boobs. Yeah. She was being ripped apart in the tabloids for yo-yoing with her weight, Mm -hmm. you know, going on crash diets and gaining it all back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like that's me. And I, it it was so formative, like to the way that I looked at my own body was the way that everyone was treating her body. Mm -hmm. So it was really, I mean, like, yeah, she was like a huge part of, I watched Newlyweds. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like, it was like the original reality TV show. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm so, I'm just, anyone listening, I'm so into Jessica Sims. What's it called? Open book? I think so. Yeah. I, I, I read everything on a Kindle and I never know the names of the books that I'm reading because you don't see the cover. So oh, right. you, know, you pick it up and right. you read it every day. And then if someone asks you like, who is the author or the, or the name of the book? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like I have to go and look at it on my Kindle. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I went through a Kindle phase and I remember that from that actually. I, sometimes I go through my Kindle and I'm like, what are these books? And then I realized that I've read the whole thing and I just had no idea because I yeah. didn't know what I was reading. It's weird when you don't see the cover. You don't have that, you don't have that visualization association with it but yeah so anyways that's giving me a bit of life before bed right now I read that and just take myself back to the newlywed days when life was simpler (laughs) no Twitter yeah Twitter honestly Twitter is like my well for better for worse is my news source so I get little snippets but it's bad because it's non-stop and everyone is just Twitter is like doomsday like everything is always doomsday on Twitter so Yeah. I really, I need boundaries with it. I need to just like turn off my phone. I really do. I think I'm going to have to get more strict with myself, not, not arbitrarily, but just so I can have some like mental space to breathe, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to know what's going on and, and then not <laughs> like, like update yourself every day. And then that's enough for the day yes. because it really hits a diminishing point of return in terms of your knowledge and it turns and it just feeds anxiety and uncertainty. And, um, as long as you're self-isolating, then you, you know, whatever else is happening, you can know once a day and be okay. Nothing else is going to change. So I want to talk about your, you have a program coming up, right? I do. Yes. Well, let me talk about my, cause I have a free class. Like I have a free oh, workshop yeah. um, because I think that is super relevant for people right now. And I'm actually um, kind of tearing it apart a bit so that I can speak to what everyone's going through right now. Oh, right. I know. I feel like I'm revamping everything. I know. Everything I plan just is like, people are not thinking about that right now. Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, I'm doing a free body acceptance masterclass, um, which is really about how to feel better in your body and, um, more confident in who you are. And I'm relating it to everything that we're going going through right now so you know if you feel like you're being more judgmental on yourself and your body like we're going to talk about why that is and why it's not your fault that you're feeling that way um we're going to talk about the you know the 
the mistakes that I see people making when they are trying to do this this kind of work and this body acceptance work and how being aware of these things can actually just make you feel better and right. take the pressure off yourself to like quote unquote love your body which I hate but um and then um like specific steps uh to how you can just kind of let go of the judgments and feel better about who you are given the circumstances and then obviously have these tools to move forward when when the world comes back to normal but like all like i'm going to talk specifically to the stuff that we that we talked about um earlier in this conversation so like if you feel like you're judging yourself more or you feel like you're kind of freaking out without your coping mechanisms or you're feeling a lot more guilt um i'm going to apply all that to the steps that i am giving in terms of like how to um just feel more comfortable and like be able to be more neutral with your body, which, you know, the more that we can do to kind of relieve mental stress and stop putting pressure on ourselves, the better position we're going to be to kind of get through this and keep our wits about us and support others, which I think is the most important thing that we need right yeah. now. Um, so that's coming up and you will have a link for that in the show. Awesome. Notes. Yeah. That's I will. Be... Yes. I will share a link to that. That's so awesome. Yeah. I know people just people, I really do think, and this is, I mean, thank God, really, truly thank God for the internet, because I know it's not the same, but we need, we need virtual connection right now. Yes. We need, we really do. And especially if you're struggling in any way, especially around this quarantine plus body image, plus our relationship with food, like we need support. We really do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check out the free workshop. Um, I so want, I really, I mean, we have no idea, but I'm so curious if we're still going to be in this, like I not just, so. I think so too. I think we're here for months. I, I don't mean to be doomsday, but I really logically can't see how one gets out of this. If, you don't lock everyone down for a very long time and then slowly start to reduce restrictions. And I oh hope that's not God. bringing anyone else any more anxiety, but I don't see how you could do it any other way. And I don't know what it's like there, but people aren't, I don't think people are taking it seriously enough here. No, um, they're not here either. I, I've been going for lots of walks, as I've said, like trying to stay away from people, but there's so many people out there, people out in groups. Yes. And there are people, well, a lot of like, you know, people walking around with a friend, but still like, yes. it's a lot. And I get it. It's a beautiful day. It's like summer weather here yes. right now. Mm -hmm. And I understand, I get it. I mean, I'm going for a walk. I, I understand, but I don't think people are taking it seriously either. And that it only means that there are going to be more restrictions, which mm -hmm. come mm -hmm. on guys. Like, yeah. The, I mean, the only, the countries that have done it well have had to use like what's the word draconian <laughs> God, i'm gonna say it wrong um like measures you know, to get people right through this like like where you know they they like every like the military out making sure that you're staying inside I and know, but and that's scary i mean that is scary yeah. I, i'm gonna say it, that's scary and there's something there's just so many things to be stressed about <laughs> yeah i mean i understand i understand why it's happening i really do yeah. But just even just having that image is it's gonna it's gonna take a toll on people. But. I know, I know. 
but it needs to be I mean it needs to be done like I see way I too many kids at the playground and I'm like what where are you where are these parents that are letting their kids go to the playground like this stuff lives on metal for three days like do not let your kids go to a playground I know yeah. I know and it's those things are, are simple enough I don't get why people are I pushing know. it there right now my dog is like growling at the kids who are playing in the like little parking lot that I'm looking across. Oh, no, stop, Molly. Stop, stop, stop. She wants to play with them. I was just going to say that my neighbor has a teenage daughter and she was talking to her friends on the street and her mom came outside and was like, six feet, six feet away from each other. Good for her. And she came up to me and she's like, oh my God, my daughter they don't none of they don't care they don't care about the six feet thing yeah she said they're boy crazy and they don't care <laughs> yeah yeah I know I, I get but, it I, I can't imagine I get it too right now I would I can't either I'd be, be like leave me alone myself. let yeah. me die let me die <laughs> <Seriously>. and, <laughs> oh man I know no I, joke I know. I it's know. really no joke it, it's like it's not it's not but laughter is also good medicine. oh we need it we need it we need jokes it's no joke but we need them we yes. really do <laughs> laughter will get us through <laughs> oh my god anything else anything else we want to talk about quarantine wise before we go back to our I, I mean I guess just like reach out like don't you know don't feel like you have to be alone or struggle like get get support and 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 also I find it really helpful to help others like to just even offer like there's mom like I know I know you're not a mom but I like there's mom groups on Facebook where you know in my neighborhood you can offer to do stuff for people and I find it really helpful to help others so even just like checking in on older people like I'm we're trying to call my husband's grandma more often and um look for things we can do for others. And I, I find that to be a very nourishing form of self-care is to I just totally agree. Do, yeah. It takes you out of your own head, do something it nice does. for somebody else. That's great. Really, really great and important advice because that's what we need. We need to be thinking about each other right now because that's honestly the only way we're ever going to get through this. Yeah. And if you can like donate or I don't know. to lo- And to, I've heard a lot of people say, if you can go on the website for local businesses that you like and buy gift certificates so they can stay afloat so they can keep making money during this time. Mm -hmm. And then you can use it once we're back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I do want to say, because it is all really freaky is that it will eventually go back to at least close to normal. It will affect us for a while there will be ripple effects people are really struggling I know but anyone who's going to like oh my god oh my god nothing's ever going to be the same it will eventually you will be able to go to a restaurant again one day yes it is going to end I promise yes yes yes. but the sooner we kind of buckle down and lock ourselves in the sooner that we can get through this it's easy for us introverts to say I'm like part of me is like oh my god I don't have to go to that baby shower in two weeks (laughs) I went out for dinner for my birthday like a week before this really escalated and I am Uh so glad I did (laughs) this is is my last supper and it was really good too I know I know I did the same I actually went to my before like now uh my therapist has to do um remote sessions but 
on one of the last days when it was still sort of like, oh, she's like, I'm still up and running and she's a block for me. And I was like, maybe I should just go in person because I think this is the last time I'm going to be able to for a really long time. Yeah. And I did. And it was nice, but that's mm-hmm. the end. <laughs> and we're all going to have like really like funny looking hair. Like my <laughs> roots, I already have 10 weeks of oh roots. Oh my God. I'm going to have right. like the most two-tone, like, I don't even know. It's not even going to be, it's a whole it's new It's going to become a hair. thing. I actually think it'll have to become a thing. I actually bumped into my... Um, my hairstylist who is in my neighborhood and I was like well I guess I'll see you when this is all over I said my hair is really long now she said that's going to be the thing Caroline it's just everyone's going to have long shaggy hair it's just going to everyone's it's going to be the style because no one's going to be able to do anything about it yeah yeah my husband's getting a like the other day I had to be like you need to clean yourself up like you you're not used (laughs) to working from home but you have to shower and like put on clothes <laughs> like, I know. you know clean yourself up you don't need to have a quarantine beard it's okay <laughs> um, yeah everyone's hair is gonna just be really really funny that's gonna be oh my god I'm yeah we yeah, will the we'll least of my concerns. time by roots right yeah, <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> the world's gonna know my I know and truly 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 <laughs> so weird oh summer thank you so much for talking to me today i will i will be putting up links for people to find you to find your free workshop in the show notes and other than that where can everyone find you so i I've, i'm at summerinandin.com and that's my handle uh, for facebook and and instagram and and I guess Twitter, although I don't really use it. And uh, if you can't spell that, then just go to thebodyimagecoach.com. That's my website. And my podcast is Fearless Rebel Radio. So if you're looking yeah. for more podcasts to listen to to get you through this, and I just did like a whole body image series on on that. It was like six different oh, episodes on it. So um, we need podcasts right now. For Everybody sure. needs podcasts. Yes, for sure. <sighs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. So. Hello, it's Caroline here. Um, that was my conversation with Summer. I have a link to her free workshop in the show notes of this episode, so go find it. And um, also, Summer was on one of the first episodes of my podcast back in 2016. I think she was the fourth episode. Um, but th- that is one of the episodes that I've archived and is only available now on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Caroline that's not right. Patreon.com slash Caroline Dooner is where I have lots of goodies, lots of old Q and A's from past programs, lots of archived content, lots of archived podcast episodes. Um, and this summer, if you just want to listen to my early, um, episode with summer, that is on there too. So, um, and every month I post new goodies on there new archive new old content <laughs> um so yes so that's patreon.com slash caroline dooner if you want to check that out and then i'm just going to go right into the next thing which as i've already told you is my conversation with margaret claire dooner also known as maggie to her friends and also known as schmagritz to my brother for some reason he calls her schmagritz enjoy Okay, so why, okay, 
Well, yeah, hit me with it. What What are your questions? All right. Oh, shoot. I should, have asked, I should have asked my Instagram people to ask you questions. I meant to do you that. You still can. All right. Maybe I will, actually. Okay, Margaret. So uh, not only are you home with basically nothing to do, but what happened to you? Well, you know, I wanted to get outside, maybe exercise a little bit like get into a new hobby not a new hobby but I wanted to get good at skateboarding (laughs) (laughs) how old are you (laughs) not important (laughs) anyway no I didn't mean it that way I just meant I don't know you meant it that way no I really didn't like they need to know whether you're 35 okay (laughs) and I wanted to be good at skateboarding and I fell off of my skateboard onto my elbow and also my wrist but my elbow hit first so I fractured my elbow while skateboarding, and it feels very stupid. You I broke my arm. I've never broken a bone in my life. Yeah, neither have I. And I'm, I like don't understand why now of all times, I have a broken arm. You know, like, everything is just going wrong. You know, I'm not very happy right now. I'm in pain. <laughs> I can't sleep. I can't do and Like, I was bored before. Think about, like, how my activities... What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Talk about chameleons. It's horrible. Learn about chameleons. (laughs) Literally. Do this. Wait. So, okay, why did you start talking... Why did you start learning about chameleons? I just have a friend that I told that I was going on a podcast, and they were like, talk about chameleons. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. That's how Chameleons yeah. started? It was just yesterday? It was, I asked somebody, do you watch, do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> and they said, yeah, I watched this one about Chameleons. And then they gave me some facts, because I was nervous for this, this podcast. Is this yes, is yesterday? Because I wanted to have a I conversation like, with I was like, quick, help me. I, I, need to, I need something interesting to talk about Margaret, on this podcast. You don't need anything interesting to talk about. And then they told me some facts about Chameleons. And, um, you know, here I am telling them to you. So, so I've asked Instagram to ask questions for Margaret just to give oh, us. Do they already have questions? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. Molly <laughs> wants to be a part of this very badly. Very, 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 very. Um, oh, so Matt said that she, he said, "What's wrong with Margaret? Why did she break her bones?" And I said, "Well, she was told once that she has the health of a seventy-year-old." I <laughs> was told that by who? And I can't even believe it. I think I was told that by two people, actually. So the first time I ever got acupuncture, I was told that. How did they know? Just based on based your, like, on, pulse Based on, like, my stuff? pulse and, like, all my symptoms and, like, all my problems. Got a lot of problems. Um, she told me I had the health of, like, an elderly woman. <laughs> so she gave me acupuncture. And she forgot about me. And I had to lie there I in, hate that. I have, like, in the yeah. room. And I heard next to me... The man had to get up with all the needles in him and scream for help, and I was in there, like, with needles in my head, and I just thought, like, I don't know, I'm just gonna, I have nowhere to be, I'm just gonna stay here, she'll forget about me, but she has to remember at one point. How do you know she forgot about you? Because it was so, it took, it was so, it was ridiculous. What do you think happened? Do you think she had, like, an IBS attack or something? Probably. She was an idiot. She don't say... You don't tell... She said a lot of mean things. Yeah, that's not... Like, she, like, didn't give me any hope... Yeah, for that's horrible. survival, and that's here I am okay. becoming an acupuncturist. So, so yeah, okay. So that's the, that's the other thing that you should talk about. What were you? What was your question? 
well, who told you that you were a 70-year-old? Oh, and then the other person that told me I was a 70-year-old, this is getting into, like, all my health problems. Well, people want to hear. People have, lots of people have health problems, and they want to feel not alone. I... Can you talk a little bit about, like, what your health problems are? If you even know what they are? No, I don't know what they are. Well, that's part of the problem. I, like, it was, it started, I don't know, I feel like it started when I had the nerve pain, but I remember even before having nerve pain, like, just, like, having to go to weird acupuncturists and, like, do, like, weird things for my health that I, that I guess people my age normally don't have to do, but what really made it take off was the nerve pain when I woke up in the middle of the night in my dorm room at Syracuse in excruciating pain, and that pain didn't stop for, like, months, and then I had to drop out of school and then find a solution, so then I went to all these fancy doctors. Right. They said I was an elderly woman, basically, oh. in a child's body. <laughs> I wasn't a child. I was old. But no, you were, like, basically 19. Basically, that, um, that got 20. me on track to, to doing what I'm doing. In school for acupuncture. In school for acupuncture. In San Diego. In San Diego. And acupuncture didn't cure me, but I feel like if I had known about acupuncture then, it would have. Well, it's... It's, There's just something that feels so right about it. Yeah, it is right. It's totally right for you, and it's, you know, it helps. And it's even covered by some people's insurance because it is proven to help people even though Western medicine doesn't understand why. You know what I mean? Yeah. People don't even know that I have nerve pain. Like, at Syracuse, like, they don't know, like, that's why I left. It's pretty crazy. Because um, I didn't know that I was leaving... Until I was on my way to Syracuse. Well, tell that story. That's kind of a crazy. That's kind of a crazy. Well, so when I left uh, Syracuse sophomore year, I was miserable. I was in a lot of pain. I had a lot of unanswered questions about my health. I was not doing too well, and I wasn't excited about going back junior year because I didn't think that I'd be healthy enough. But that summer, I kind of, like, got my life together and started feeling a lot better. And I gained more confidence going into junior year, thinking, like, okay, I'll feel better this time. Like, I feel good in the summer. It'll be fine. So, basically, you just have, like, chronic pain. Yes. Like, they would, they even would say, like, fibromyalgia, like, right. in specific areas. Right. Which is, fibromyalgia is whole body pain, so I don't... The thing is, like, a lot of the doctors that I dealt with, like, didn't know. Right. So they would say fibromyalgia, but, like, it wasn't because it was specific. Anyway, I packed up my car, and my mom packed up her car to drive me to Syracuse you were moving into. junior year. Right. Because I was moving into an apartment with three of my friends, um, and we I had a lot of stuff, so we needed to take two cars, and... That morning I woke up and I didn't feel good, but I thought like it was just like a little like nausea, nausea from, I don't know, nerves or like just like, I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was, but I, but I was on my way and maybe I was like an hour into the drive and I just got overwhelmed with a sense of nausea and a really high fever is like what it felt like. And I threw up, and I couldn't physically drive. Like, I physically, like, I had to get out at a rest stop, and, like, I, 
felt like I had a fever of a hundred and a million degrees, and I just sat in my car and waited it for waited for it to be over, thinking like calling my mom during the whole thing and saying like I'll just meet you there. It'll all go away. It's just like I just have to throw up and then I'll be fine. And how long was the drive? The drive was like four and a half hours. That's it? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, how far in were you? It was an hour in. Okay. And then I realized after like an hour of probably sitting there, like not being able to function, that I needed to stay the night in Allentown (laughs) (laughs) at a sketchy motel and like gather myself and then just go in the morning and meet my mom there. And then I woke up in the morning and something came over me and it was just like, I'm not going to go. I need to get home. I need to work on my health and I need to maybe just change my path. Is there a part of you, is there a part of you that thinks that your body was revolting? Absolutely. Like, I don't think that I had anything. I think it was a lot of like, my body just knew. I remember like being in the hotel that night, like hysterically crying thinking that I had like a I don't know I thought my fever was like a million degrees you called me you're with Mary Ellen and Susan I know Mary Ellen is our aunt and and Susan is our cousin called the freaking motel and the the person at the front desk like I would like come down to try to like get like Advil or something I don't remember what I was trying to get downstairs but he like was on the phone with Marilyn when I came down and I was like a hot mess what and was he was she like saying? are you okay he couldn't help me I have, what, were, what was she saying I don't know like I have a fever and like take care of our girl <laughs> I don't know I really truly don't know but oh my god oh okay so the next morning you woke up the next morning I woke Cause up because we were telling you to go to a hospital because it's cr- yeah a lot of your... hearing that is scary but you would go to the hospital all the time because you actually did have a chronic illness and like chronic pain and like but you also had anxiety and it would like it was hard to tell the difference a lot of people right now with this are having the same problem they're like do, do i have shortness of breath or am i anxious that i yeah, lost yeah, my yeah. job that's you know a what great, mean? that's a, that's so true i mean it's very real and it's it is relatable and a lot of people have anxiety and a lot of people deal with this and People just don't talk about it or hear about it, so I think it's it is helpful actually for people to hear. Yeah. So the next morning, I was gonna make a joke. Well, not a joke. I was. This is not a joke at all. I was gonna say, at a certain point though, mom and dad were like, "You need to stop going to the emergency room." Right. So you then were in it this was stressful. Like, a joke. <laughs> like it's a joke, like with all my friends at Syracuse that like the emergency room like is my home so like every time I would post a new picture of me in the emergency room this is crazy but even like the other day when I broke my arm I had a bunch of texts from my friends saying like ah oh, you're back in the place that, <laughs> it's that feels right to you or something like that like people are like ah oh, that's what you belong it's been too long since you've been in the emergency room anyway but wait so what happened the next morning the next morning my mom was there in Syracuse walking on the promenade Saw my friend Austin. Um, they talked about life, I guess. I don't really know. But I think that he told her to go to this, like, garden or something. Or she just knew to go to the garden. And she went to the garden. 
and all of the flowers looked the same except for this one orange flower and it's funny because everybody refers to me as being very orange <laughs> so I guess she went to that flower because <laughs> it was orange and different and weird looking this is like Just the way people like find the, the Dalai Lama they like follow little signs like so she followed signs. that orange sign she went up to the flower and she looked at the label I guess of like the kind of flower it was and I don't know what kind of flower it was but it said easy does it so I think at that point she felt calm knowing that I needed to just take it easy for a little bit I don't know if we had talked before then but I think that it was like in our in both of our minds that I probably wasn't going to continue the journey to Syracuse and it's weird like I don't really understand like it all just happened you know it all like happened within a matter of 12 hours um maybe more than that but and I was with dad at the time and he was like she shouldn't go to school I think she shouldn't go to school because he was you know yeah coming home was rough though but you know if I didn't do that I wouldn't be living in San Diego. And you wouldn't be here with a broken arm. I wouldn't be here with a broken arm. Well, I guess I would be here with a broken arm. <laughs> Coronavirus would still be happening, and life would be the same right now. <laughs> um, Ooh. Um, okay, so I actually have some good questions. Okay. There are two questions. I'm kind of scared. Okay. Oh, they're both from somebody that I know. Okay. One. Do you feel you learned the same food lessons as Caroline growing up in the same house? This is an interesting question. Molly wants I her think, Okay. Molly, you can have it later. Okay. I think that because there was such an age gap, mm-hmm. it was so different for me. And I remember being young and, like, kind of tagging along with all, like, the crazy diets that Caroline would do. And it wasn't ever a burden to me because I was never, like, because I was too young to actually take it seriously. So it was never really enforced with me. I would just kind of do it for fun. And then I think that once I became a certain age... No, Molly, stop. I didn't have the same stress, I guess. Well, Mom always said that she saw how having rules around food, like when we were kids, made Shane and I like really obsessed with food. I think that part of me definitely is obsessed with food. Yeah, I I I don't know if it's for the same reasons. Well, I think it's a little of this and a little of that because Mom has always said that because she had all these like junk food rules for Shane and I when we were young she saw that it made us obsessed with food and and she also saw that I was like <sighs> she saw me go crazy over diet so she like purposely was trying to be more lax you were also like her third child yeah. she was she was more lax with you about food but at the same time, you grew up in a house where your mother and sister were constantly talking about diets. Yeah, and like measuring things on the scale. And I think subconsciously, like being young and like being raised in that makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. But when I got to the age when I was old enough to like understand everything, it was more normal in our house. You know what I mean? Yes. But I was so weird and like I would be mad even when mom would like buy organic chips and I'd be like mom why can't you just buy the normal chips like uh, I was right. weird well that's scarcity it's like why do my friends get this <clears throat> kind of stuff and I don't get right this but kind now of stuff. I mean I appreciate the organic chips right um but I but I also feel like in a house like once everyone like laxed a little bit about dieting you still had diet mentality because a you were a teenager I think teenagers yeah absolutely and you live in a 
culture where like thin is best yeah and that's why i'm saying like i don't know if i was obsessed with food because of everything that had gone on when i was a child or just because that's what happens you're like indoctrinated into that and then your health stuff too where you're like or it's like i'm gonna try to fix myself and only eat celery you know (laughs) which is literally not horrible um not true didn't fix me what fixed me was a different mentality and moving to hawaii and living in a tent yes that's what fixed me it's a mind body soul situation and it and important to say it didn't fix you right but it helped it helped it helped it's a great what a great question shout out to eileen um eileen also asked what was her reaction to the fuck it diet when she first heard about it this is a question that i don't know the answer to. i don't know the answer to i don't even remember the first time i heard about the fuck it diet well try to remember the first time you can remember thinking about the fuck it diet now let's go back to what age you would have been I was 24, so you would have been 16-ish. I just don't think it, like, was a real, like, a, I didn't process it well, as a real thing until And I didn't really talk about it. it. Like, I didn't really talk about the fuck a diet. I was doing it on my own. I was trying to kind of almost keep it, like, more casual. Yeah, as a blog. Yeah, that I was, like, anonymous on, and I only told mom so she would stop, like, talking about diet stuff and, like, explaining to her that I was over yeah, but when it. when did I hear about it? I don't know. You're going to have to. I have no idea. I have no idea. So you're going to have to figure it out. Think about it. Think. Caroline, I just don't know. Remember. I feel so bad remember, about it. Remember. Remember, Margaret. Remember. Was it, like, I'm writing this book. No, it was. That like, would have only been like know. three or four years ago, when you were nineteen, which maybe. Well, <laughs> this is weird that I—I I mean, I don't know because I'm not you. You should know too. Why would I know? You should have told me. Margaret, sit you down. Were hiding, <laughs> hiding it from me, right? It was uh, like a secret thing, and then like, and then you told everybody. Well, about for it. a while, so our family is like kind of like prudish and like conservative, and like doesn't like right curse and stuff so i was basically trying to keep it a secret so nobody like bothered me about it and also you were young and i didn't want to give mom and dad reasons to be like more mad at me basically stop texting i just (laughs) stop texting turn your phone off i just need to text the person that told me about chameleons I won't. So sorry. Stop. Okay, I don't know the answer to that question, and I feel like a horrible person because of it. What the freak? But I promise. Okay, so I think about you. it. Well, okay, so can we just think about? It? Can we move on to the next one? To the, the next question. Well, no, I really want to know the answer to your okay, question. Okay, but I don't have the answer to that. Well, you question. have to. You have to like. You have to go. You know, some people don't remember what their first memory is, but they're like, well, the first thing that I can think of right now is this. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, I have so many questions. Margaret, when's the first time that you heard about the fuck diet? And when you did, what did you think of it? Oh my god, are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you, but I am sensing that you're going to be like, I thought it was stupid. I didn't think it was stupid. <laughs> I just didn't think it was going to blow up like this. I didn't understand it when I first I know you didn't. Heard and about I it. I just let you. And I'm acting like when... I understand it. I do understand it now, even though... <laughs> 
I didn't read the book. I know, and mom didn't finish it either. I, okay, but, but in defense, every single book that I've ever read, I have not finished. You didn't even, even start Harry it. Potter. <laughs> I did. I started, I just don't really like reading. And it's hard to listen to an audiobook when it's your sister. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I haven't listened to my audiobook I, when it's yourself. So, wait. So I guess I'm just, I'm guessing that the first time I heard about it, was when it was a blog. Okay. Or maybe Instagram. Or maybe Instagram. One of the two. I because don't it only became an Instagram like four or five years ago. And I like, I think I agreed with every like premise of it. I think I was, it was at a time when I. You were dieting though. I right? was dieting. And I was, at, it was at a time when I had a lot of health problems and I was like, well, why do I hear that like if you go on this diet, it's going to fix all of my problems. So I was kind of like not an, a true believer also because I just so didn't young. know that much about it. Like I was, I was a teenager. And you and were I saying things surrounded... to me that I thought when I was your age with health problems yeah. too. So I understood why you thought that way. And, I, and because of you, I literally was like, oh my God, this How is can making I get me realize. This brain? It also made me realize that teenagers who just started dieting and had like one really good experience and then gained the weight back and mm-hmm. were like, I can just do that again because that's what I thought yeah, and that's I know. what you thought. And you were like, no, no, no. I know how to diet well. Like I know how. And I was like, oh man, that's how it feels when you're just starting. Yeah. And I'm in a place now where I understand everything that you're saying so much more. I don't, it's hard to like completely do, like just take it and you live your life by it. You have to experience it, it yourself. You oh, to, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. but It's I've easier agree- said than done. Yeah. 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 You agree, but it's but hard. I agree. Yeah. Now, and I, I totally didn't before. Yeah. No. But I, it takes that time, I think, to like process it. I agree. I totally agree. Here's the next question, and it's a good one. I'm so scared. Rank the men on Southern Charm. First for hotness. <laughs> Can you, like, pull up, like, yes, the cast? Yes, and then for charm, like, ability. Are you all caught up in Southern Charm? I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, obviously, Shep, like, wins everything. Yeah, I mean, I loved Shep until I didn't. Oh, until my God, do you know like, who I love? Oh. I love Austin. You and do? I, I know that you think that's crazy. I don't. I mean, I think he's probably slightly more respectable than Shep, but... But you know what? I've come to think that maybe Craig is actually the nicest of no. them all. No, he's not. Okay, well, we're going to rank for hotness, okay, and then I we're going to rank for charm and likability. This is so fun. Okay. If you don't watch Southern Charm... So, I guess the people that I'm I'm considering ahead. are Shep, Craig, Thomas, Whitney, and Austin, right? Those are the people? Yes. Okay, so for hotness... <laughs> guess I should say Shep is number one. I actually think it's a Shep Craig. I don't think that, like, the fact that Craig is so into pillows. It's hilarious, really makes Margaret. me, like, question his hotness. Do you know what I mean? Like, the way he carries himself holding a pillow and yeah, sewing. Like, but I would room, actually like, say that it makes him, like, endearing in, like, a really bizarre way. Okay, I disagree. So for me, hotness, Shep. For sure. Number one. Love you, Shep. We had a fight over who got to, who got to marry, marry Shep. Shep. And I, I mean, won, right? Uh, and like yeah. He, yeah, I won. Because I'm not cool enough, right? Are you like or I'm not a party person. I don't enough. like to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that why? I don't I think drink so. that much. I think it was because like, I don't like party. But 
I have actually since come to distrust and dislike Shep. I okay, just want to put just, that out there. Okay. I, there's a little bit of, yeah, I feel that a little bit I too. I feel like you really turned. Hotness. Shep. Okay, early Shep. Austin. You like Austin? I don't. Craig, number three. Like, he's a, like he has good features. Like, I get it. But he's weird. <laughs> but he's the only one and who stands then, up for Catherine, And then really. Whitney and then Thomas. But I can't even, like, Tom- okay, Thomas! Wait, I actually think that Whitney is easily the least hot. No, I think Thomas is the least hot. I don't. I think Thomas is repulsive. I think he is the least likable. No, like, he's disgusting. Okay. I, like, literally would rather... <laughs> Whitney? I mean, Whitney? well, none of them, to be honest, after everything I've learned. So that's hotness. And I guess charm. Definitely, uh, whoa, definitely Shep first. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. So Shep is first. Craig, I mean, no, Austin. Maybe Austin's first. Shep is first, Austin, Craig, Whitney, Thomas. That's what it is. That's what, that's just what it is. Okay. I accept these answers. And okay, what's, what are your answers? Um, okay, for hotness. Um, I really do think Don't that say it... say Craig. I'm going to say Craig because I've come He's to... He's so little. <laughs> I don't actually think that he is, Margaret. Craig, Shep, Austin, Thomas, Whitney. Oh, my God. You. Okay. And then charm, likability... Same. <laughs> Not even Shep first. We literally had a fight over who could get him. I know, but I actually think that Shep is not a good person, and I think that Craig is slightly better of a person at this point. You don't know them. No, I don't know them. <laughs> but I'm just saying this is my perception at this point. Okay. And that's it. All right, you can come. If you don't watch Southern Charm, we're 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 back to non-Southern Charm things. Southern Charm, bravo. I heard that they filmed, like, a lot of the next season, and it was so boring that they just threw it all away. Which doesn't surprise me, because it's boring now. Okay. Um, This is the next question. How is her relationship to food, considering her sister being you? (laughs) That's funny. It's so funny. I'm asked that question a lot. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Just by, like, random friends and stuff. People ask me, like, so do you have, like, an awesome relationship with food because your sister is the fucking diet? And, you know... The answer is no. The answer is no. Because it's a... Because you a, rebel against it's a constant me. And it's hard, easier said than battle, that. you know? There are days when I feel so lax about everything and so good. And then there are days when I feel really gross. And, you know, things change. It's a very... Um, it's hard to answer that question. What's the word? Um, definitively. Yes, because I understand. I understand. But I feel better now than I have before, you know? And yes, I get it. And you also have very interesting neuroses. What? <laughs> so Margaret is a naturally beautiful redhead. And I just didn't know this podcast was just going to be all about <laughs> talking smack on your little sister. Okay, continue. Uh, well, what would you say? Margaret is natu- has bright red hair and beautiful pale skin. And get off your phone. She's 
Get off your phone. I need my thumb to be moving. No. No. Okay, yeah. You need, like, putty or something. So the thing is, I don't think that my red hair is ugly. I just... It's so hard when you have bleach platinum blonde hair to grow it out to red. It's hard. And I can't dye it red because it's so damaged and it would look stupid. I don't think... I think that if you really wanted to I, also every time that red, I dyed it red it just washes out because I'm in the sun and I'm in the ocean. Wow. But I think that if you really wanted to go back to red you would just do it. You would just like suck it up and do it. Yeah, but the transition I've gotten really far and then it just gets so ugly. And then there are also times when I like am transitioning and I see like I'm transitioning. <laughs> and I see blonde hair that looks pretty and then i'm like ooh, but wait also i feel like blonde hair fits my personality better i know that's crazy to say no i hear you but so what's your other nervous so many people know me as blonde so like i don't understand what's my other neuroses nothing caroline i'm a bronze goddess naturally (laughs) and you just have to deal with it and i can't apply any fake tan because i have a broken arm now so i'm really freaking upset about it I'm obsessed with fake tanning. Let that be known. I don't think it's weird. I think it's a lot of the thing that it's a thing that people do nowadays. They don't want to get sun cancer, skin cancer, <laughs> and they want to be bronze. He's called it sun cancer before. <laughs> really? Yes. Um, well, now but I, you. Just, but okay, I literally, but... I was lying in my bed last night, and I was like, <gasps> I only have one arm to put, <laughs> put fake tan on, and I can't put it on this arm. Because I only have the one arm to move around. And then I thought about who's going to help me put fake tan on. <laughs> and nobody will. Because everybody chastises me for it. Because you look orange. Because you, I would you rather look, like look Trump. orange. You look like Trump. Thank you. And that is <laughs> like a pretty Trump. So like the fact that I'm in pain with my broken arm, it's hard to feel my body fully and like fully do the like... I don't know how to explain this. So, well, I I would say that one way to look at it is that you're in pain and you just, like, you're sort of just, like, in a mode of just, like, seeking comfort as opposed to... Yeah, but it's a a bad feeling because it's not the way I want to feel. Like, I don't feel healthy. I get it. All around. You can't go for walks. You can't do anything. You're, like, you're stuck. So then what are the options? Like, eat food. But then, like, what do I eat? Like, why even eat something that would make me feel good? Because you feel, feel bad. bad anyway. No, I get it. I get that. That makes sense. Well, I think that the other thing is that, like, one of the things that I would recommend that people do is, like, get in touch with how their body feels. That's the thing. So but the fact doing that, that I can't hurts. get in touch with the, yes. bo- the way my body feels, I'm just, like, chaotic when it comes to food right now. Yeah, that makes sense. So my recommendation to you would just to be, to, like, understand that that's, like, a normal reaction and to just be nice to yourself and trust that it won't be forever but you're allowed to, like, identify that it feels bad yes. and it sucks. Does that sound right? It does sound right. And I know it's temporary. But it still sucks. But it still sucks because I think about all the health problems and I think about everything. Yeah. And, like, this being a spiral. Yeah. But it won't be. It won't be. It won't be because... It's just so... Cra- like, this time is just so crazy, you know? Like, we have no... We just don't have any structure into what's gonna happen yeah it's mad it's truly like talk about chaos and we are luckier than other people because absolutely 
but I didn't lose my job and you still will be able to eventually go back to school yeah and, and I can stay with at my parents and it's fine but it's also just like mind-boggling what am I supposed to do with my time and I think that's a stupid thing to complain about because no it's not we're it's- all like begging to have more free time and more time to just rest but then once you actually get it it's like well I would like to rest but then I also feel like I did something even just like being able to go on a walk would feel productive well you can but it well you can you actually can. It would be annoying. It will be annoying because you can't like swing your arms. <laughs> but you could go on a walk, and maybe you should. My, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> it just feels so different when it's all government uh, mandated staying inside. You know, I, I know. like staying inside sometimes. Well, that's I how I feel. Inside. Like I love staying inside, but now that I like have to, I'm like, what? I know. What? Um. Uh, Do I have any more questions? I I feel like we were talking about something before. You were going to ask me a question. But I don't remember what it is now. Come Damn. on. Is it one of those questions? No, because I asked you all these questions. Um, though there may be more. Can I, I have my check. phone? I just need to respond. Can you? No. No, 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 no. Can you get something else to do with your hands? Please. Let's just move on to the next question. This is my question for you. Do you or do you not have a tattoo that you are hiding from your parents? <laughs> they're not there. No, they're not. They're not. Mom? Dad? I have like seven. But do you or do you not have a humongous one? Keep your friggin' voice down. On your forearm. That you yes. are hiding from your parents, and now that you have a broken arm, it's really and have trouble doing lots of mundane things like getting dressed. Yeah, this is a pretty horrible era of time for me. I want to rip the bandaid off, but I also just like don't want to deal with those consequences. I've been trying to get her to because you don't understand like our parents. It wouldn't be like a oh that's so stupid Margaret. It would be like a. I think you're go. I think you are exaggerating the consequences in your mind. I just don't like, want. What do you think to deal with them? I know, but I think that you're giving yourself so much stress. By for years at this point, like, like she the will fact that I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt right now is crazy. Yeah, she only wears long sleeve shirts even. Like, I in had to 90 put degree it over weather. this arm, and Even, it was the hardest thing I've done. But I, I, I honestly think that you're... Caroline, I know. At this point, you're causing your own misery and stress and pain. <laughs> and you need to end it. I was about to do it yesterday, but I feel like I want to do it in front of both of them. You don't have I'm, to do it in front of both of them. Because then it's just one time. I was helping you out by being there and being a buffer. I know, but I want to do it because I don't have to tell... You're going to have to talk about it more than one time anyway. <sighs> and they don't listen to podcasts, so they'll never hear this. a reason. Like, I don't ha- Like, they're going to be like, why did you do that? I'm going to be like, I don't know. Well, why don't you tell them what it is? It's a shark. It's a freaking shark on my forearm. It's more than a shark. A shark jaw <laughs> that looks really, really scary. <laughs> Literally the first week that I had it, I would, like, wake up in the middle of the night and look at my forearm and, like, cry in terror because it was so scary. 
I was scared of myself. I was scared of my own freaking arm. And what did... I really was unhelpful in the very beginning. No. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. Stop. I, I will stop, but I'm over this. Considering you walking over to mom and getting some meat in a little while. Ooh. Just walking, just getting, putting meat in the backpack. Walking home. <laughs> we don't have much meat. And like, if we're really going to shut down, it's too You think that the grocery store is going to get shut down? Hey, mom, you look pretty cool right It now. can't be shut down. Can you come over here and talk to us for a little bit? We're recording oh, a podcast. Cool. Yeah, you look legitimately cool. Why? I don't know. Something about that shirt and those pants and those boots. The shirt? Pants? Boots? My God, this is my uniform. Come, Come over sit here. No, I have to go eat some guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't want to. Okay, while, while our mother's eating guacamole, we will continue this. Um, I had another question for you. Hit me with it. I think that was it, though. What? Um. So when do you think you're going to do it? When do you think you're going to rip the band-aid off of your forearm? When? When? I literally don't know. It could be... It's been two freaking years. I keep saying freaking, but I'm pissed. Wait, can we just... It's been two years. Two years. Of wearing long sleeve shirts long in 90 sleeve degrees. Long sleeve bathing at the beach. suits. <laughs> I tell people that, and they don't understand. Like, people, li- like, it's n- un- understandable. Not understandable. I can't speak English. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so I'm sweating right now because I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. But, um, can I just tell them? No. Um, any last thoughts? Any last thoughts or I just questions? apologize for, like, I just don't understand podcasts, so I don't even really know if I did this right. Wait. I'm just I, letting the world know. I'm telling you that some of the things that you said were great. <laughs> can I? Can we listen to it? Yeah. Can I help you edit it? Nope. Wait, no, because you're gonna put like things that I don't want in it. What? What is your name? Oh, yeah. My, here's my last question for you. What is my name? <laughs> I call her Margaret because that is her name. Actually, it is pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? Did she, did she just scare you? <laughs> yeah. So my name is Maggie. My boss calls me Claire. Okay, but you have to tell that story. But what if she listens to this podcast? She won't. She doesn't know who I am. Everyone does. No. A lot of people who so know who I am don't So basically, to this, this is what happened. So my boss thinks my name is Claire because I... <laughs> So I made an appointment to get acupuncture at this place, and it was, like, a Saturday morning at, like, 9 o'clock, and I just overslept, and I didn't go, and I felt really bad about it, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it, so I just didn't show up, and I forgot about it, but I wanted to see this acupuncturist because she was really, she was supposed to be really good, and she lived right next door to me. Wait, okay, why do I keep messing this up? Want me to tell the story? Like the shortest version, and yeah. then you can fill in more details. Yeah, do that. Margaret made an appointment for acupuncture and canceled it. No, wrong. I didn't <laughs> cancel it, and that's the whole problem. Oh. Because like I didn't show up, and I cost her like one hundred and fifty dollars okay, okay. by not so, showing up. Okay, let me tell the story. Margaret made an appointment uh, yeah, for acupuncture, didn't show up, 
and then never paid the cancellation fee. And then she made another appointment under a different name, so they didn't know it was the same person. Which is stupid because... And she said that her name was Claire, because that's her middle name, Claire Duner. But didn't she notice that it was the same last name? Yeah, like, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, okay, so she said that she was Claire, and then she went, and then somehow this woman hired her. Because I went to school for acupuncture, and she was really excited, and, like, it was, like, like we, we developed a relationship over time. It wasn't, like, an instant hire, but it was, like, I would get acupuncture from her every single week. But she was not and Claire. And then we developed a relationship, but I was Claire. Like, I would walk in and say hi to everyone as Claire. Like, I'm introduced to chiropractors as Claire. That's so... I, like, am written letters, and, like, I'm Claire It sounds her. like you have some... I had to change my name on Venmo and my email name to Claire. Margaret... But my name is Maggie, but my family calls me Margaret. Because that's her name. Well, I've, okay, you get to choose your name. I, I understand. Like, the world calls me Maggie, except for you. Except for me. And mom. mom. And dad and everyone else. And, and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane, right? Shane calls me Schmags. And I remember I was in my apartment, and Shane visited me, like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And... He said Margaret once, and all my roommates turned, and they were like, are you in trouble? Like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. Like, you're going to out me on all of my... But so this is worrisome. Do you think that the people who you need to keep the secrets from are going to listen to the podcast? I don't know, but can we take that chance? Yes. What if, like... Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets. Unless you're telling everyone... Can I have my phone? <laughs> What's your favorite episode of The Office? You can't ask me that. Okay, let's let's see if there are any more questions, and if there aren't, we'll end it. That's all. Okay. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great time. I was stressed the whole time, but, oh. you know. I do what I got. I, oh, hey, Molly. The, the funny thing, Margaret, is that you actually have a million interesting things to say. <laughs> I know. Uh, we can't even talk about them because they're secrets. <laughs> and that's it. That's the entire episode. So thank you for listening. This has been a long one. This is a bonus episode. I will be back next week with another episode. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have some inspiring stories that you'd like me to share on the podcast, please send your story to podcast at carolineduner.com. If you would like to check out the goodies, I, I, I struggle with what to call it, but it's archived content. I call it monthly goodies because I update a new thing every, every month over on patreon.com slash carolineduner. That's $10 a month. You can go check it out. And um, lastly, yeah, I guess that's it. Thank you for listening. Please um, rate and review this podcast five stars if you like it. And other than that, I'll just see you on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thank you for everything. And I hope that you're staying sane amidst a really nutso time. I will be back to talk to you soon. Goodbye.